Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and want to welcome you to the podcast today. Glad you hit the play button. I'm glad that you just chose to take a few minutes together. And it's an important thing because time is the most important thing that we're investing. And so I want to make the most out of our time together and just let you know that I've prayed over you. I've prayed over anyone who hits that play button, that God would just speak something to your heart, man, that God would just quicken something in your spirit this day, encourage you, strengthen you, maybe redirect some thinking in certain areas. But the most important thing is that together, We are seeking the Lord. Together, we are looking into the face of Jesus in his word, and we're going to be changed. We're going to be transformed because the word just has that effect under the influence of Holy Spirit, of course. So anyway, just so thankful to have this time with you week after week, and I'm excited about just kind of a series of conversations we're going to launch into here today out of Romans chapter 8. Very familiar portion, very uh, familiar passage, and especially the verse we're going to kick off with in Romans chapter 8, and that is uh, verse, let's see, verse thirty. Two and 31 or 31 and 32. Um, and then we're going to back up and get a run at and see what the context is. But let me just begin by reading verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, again, just that thought, if God be for us, who can be against us? It's something important to know, men, and that is that God is fighting for us. God is determined to help us win. He is determined to give us the help we need, the guidance we need, the wisdom we need, the strength we need, the all the help we could possibly need. God is for us. I mean, for us to be destroyed, all that needs to happen basically is God to leave us alone. Because we will destroy ourselves. We will destroy each other. I mean, if left to ourselves, if Holy Spirit just stopped, you know, influencing us, drawing us, wooing us, working in our hearts, working in our lives, if God just removed his influence, nothing is left but for us to self-destruct and to destroy one another. So thank God he didn't just leave us to ourselves. He didn't leave us alone, but he pursued us. Even when we rejected him, even when we misunderstood him, even when we were blaming him, even when we were running from him, he is still pursuing us with his love. And that's something as men, we need to bring that into our homes. We need to bring that into our marriages. We need to bring that even into the workforce um, as we're able to shine for the light and with the light of Christ, one of the greatest things that a heart can discover is that God is fighting for them. I mean, Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. What was that joy? It was the joy of not what was being lost, but what was being gained. See, joy is attached to 
to gain. See, Jesus was gaining something on the cross. You might think, well, he was losing his life, but he was gaining yours, your life redeemed, your sins forgiven, your heart restored with the Father, you being open for Holy Spirit to come and live and make his home in you. So much was being gained on the cross. And that's what we're talking about as we see the fact that God is fighting for us. And so in Romans 8, 32, that's what it says. Um, actually, I'm sorry, verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? If he did not spare his only son, but delivered him up for us all, then how or why would he not also freely give us all things? Now that's a solid foundation to live from. That's an anchor that will hold you steady and hold you firm in the most fierce of storms, the most uh, intense of, of, of seasons in our lives, in our families, home, finances, you know, work, career, vocation. I mean, that is an anchor knowing, number one, God is for you, and number two, if he didn't withhold Jesus, He's not withholding anything, but then why do we see so many things withheld? Well, Jesus made that clear in John chapter 10. He said the thief comes only but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So there's another spirit at work in the earth, and that's our adversary. That's our enemy. That's the one who's against us. God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? But we have to trust that. We have to lean into that. We have to learn to walk in that favor. You know, like Mary heard as a young girl when those angels appeared and said, Mary, you have found favor with God. And that's what we men need to discover. We need to help others discover that they have found favor with with God. God is for them. God is pursuing them. God is going to do anything he can do. He didn't withhold Jesus. He's not going to withhold anything that would benefit us, help us, redirect us, strengthen us, heal us, restore us, deliver us, save us. He's not going to hold anything back. And so I wanted to just lay that foundation down, verse 31, verse 32 of Romans chapter 8, as we begin a series of conversations, because as verse 31 kicks off, it says this, um, what shall we say to these things? Well, (laughs) it's good just to claim the fact that God's for us. It's good just to claim the fact that if he didn't withhold Jesus, he's not going to withhold anything good that we need. But let's go ahead and just eat the whole dinner. Amen. Let's just eat everything on the plate because that's kind of the wrap up of things. But the verse 31 starts, what shall we say to these things? Well, what are the things he's referring to? Well, it's what he just got through saying in verse 28. We'll pick it up there. He says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called 
according to his purpose. God is able to make all things work together for good. In other words, it doesn't mean everything in our life is good. Everything in our life is God's plan. You know, a lot of times things are happening and we think, well, God's doing it. Well, no, he may not be doing it. The enemy may be doing it. But if we look to God, if we look to our Father, we look to the Word of God, we lean into the Holy Spirit in relationship with him, things can then turn out for our good. Things can be redirected. Things can be redeemed. Think Healing can come. Beauty can literally rise from the ashes of something that's burnt down. You know, and like David, and uh, when all the mighty men came back to Ziglag and their wives were gone, their children were gone, the whole community was burnt and down to ashes. You know, they were distressed. They were angry. They were hurt. They were confused. And eventually they turned on David, their leader, and they were going to create a new leader. And David sought the Lord. And Lord, what shall we do? Shall we pursue them? And he called for the priest. And the priest, you know, of course, offered prayers to God. And God says, go ahead and pursue them. You can read about this in 1 Samuel 30. God told through the priest to David, King David, he said, go ahead and pursue them. You shall recover all. And so sometimes we, you know, we come upon a situation and, you know, it's not maybe as stark and severe as that situation, but a situation where we feel hopeless, a situation where we feel kind of in despair. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. Man, like David, a man after God's own heart, let's turn to the Lord. Let's seek the Lord. Let's inquire of the Lord and let's find courage because that's what David found. When God gave him the go-ahead and said, go, you're going to recover all, that authored courage in his heart. And that's what I hope out of this series of conversations we have out of this passage here over the next few weeks, I pray. And I'm trusting that absolute courage from heaven, the kind of courage that came upon Joshua when he had to take the leadership of the children of Israel. Moses had died. Moses had passed on. And now Joshua was standing as leader. And God says, I want you to be courageous. I want you to be strong. Well, men, we have to be strong to lead our lives our own life, our own heart, but to lead in our marriage, to lead in our families, to lead in our homes, to lead at work and in our vocation, calling and and gifting, to lead in our communities, to lead in the local church. I'm telling you, men, we're going to have to be strong. We're going to have to be courageous. And where do we find that strength? We find that strength when we have the green light from God saying, go ahead, I'm with you. Go ahead. You're not just fighting alone. I'm fighting with you. And I want you to hear that today, men. That was on my heart so strong as I went live here to record this for you this week. I just heard in my spirit, tell them they're not fighting alone. I'm fighting with them. They're fighting with me. Together, we are fighting for our families. We're fighting for our future. We're fighting for our generations to serve the Lord. We're fighting for our communities. Amen. We're fighting for our region that our region would come alive in Christ and Christ would be made known. We're fighting for our generation. 
You know, I love this quote by John Bevere I heard years ago. He said, every generation has a responsibility to move the plan of redemption forward in their generation. That's powerful, isn't it, men? And that's something we have to embrace, that every one of us, this is our generation, and we have a responsibility in our generation, and that is to move God's plan of redemption forward. We don't need to regress. We don't need to lose ground. We need to be gaining ground, taking territory, advancing the kingdom of God, first in our own heart, in our own lives, but then in our own marriage and family and home and, and, and whatever God has us putting our hand to, we have the privilege and we have the responsibility to move the plan of God forward, the plan of redemption forward in our generation. So let's back up and see what is Paul referring to when he writes to the Romans, you know, when he says, what are we going to say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't withhold Jesus. He's not going to withhold anything good that we need. Well, let's back up. We read verse 28. All things can work together for good to those who love God. In other words, what's that mean? You just not only love who he is, but you love his ways. See, God has a way to do life. And we, when we love his statutes, when we love his laws, when we love his ordinances, when we love the way he does life, then man, that then opens the door for God to start turning things around in our life, working out all things for his glory. But then he goes on and he says this after verse 28, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, come on, men. That sounds like marksman, doesn't it? I mean, aiming our lives at Christ likeness. Why can we do that? Because we're called to do it. We're destined to do it. God says, this is what I want you aiming your life at. Aim it right at the bullseye, the life of Jesus Christ. That's your aim. That's your mark. That's what you press towards. That's what you aim at. That's what you pursue. Don't measure against any other man. Measure against the man, Jesus Christ. It's our destiny. We're predestined to be conformed to that image so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brethren. Many brethren, moreover, whom he did predestinate, those he called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. And then verse 31, what shall we say to these things? (laughs) If God be for us, who can be against us? He didn't withhold Jesus. He is not withholding anything good that we need. So that's going to be the, the launch pad for the, the conversation for the next few weeks. I pray that, that just laying that little foundation down this week has, has stirred your heart to know that you're not fighting alone. God's fighting not only for you, God's fighting with you. And I mean, it's good to know you've got him in your corner, that he's not against you. Now, the Bible does say God resists the proud. But he gives his grace to the humble, refers to that in John four. I'm sorry, James four, first Peter five. So again, the only thing that we need to make sure of that we're not getting into pride. We're not, you know, <laughs> that that's just going to put us in a bad place. God resists the proud, but he's for you. 
He's for you and he's for me and he wants to fight with us. He wants to fight right by our side and, and give us strategy and give us wisdom and give us grace and give us ability. But it all starts with knowing God is for us and that humbles our hearts. That keeps us, that guards our heart against spiritual pride. And so again, I pray that you'll tune in for the next, you know, several weeks as we kind of unpack what each one of those words mean. Cause my desire is to take this out of a real theological heavy study. But each one of these words, these are going to shape our hearts. These are going to, um, sharpen our sword. Amen. So that we can be more effective in piercing the darkness, you know, and pushing back the enemy in our lives and in our families and in our marriages and in our communities and in our generation. Amen. So Father, I just thank you for every man today who's listening to today's podcast. I thank you for the work that you're doing in his life. And I thank you, Father, that each one of them have this revelation released upon them today that God, you are for them. And if you are for them, what or who can stand against them with any success? Because you did not withhold Jesus. You are not withholding anything good that they need. And so, Father, we just take great comfort in this truth today as we stand together as men, men who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. Well, man, it's been a joy. It's always a joy. I pray that I could hear from you. Make sure you email me at spellmanministries at gmail.com. Would love to hear your testimonies, your prayer requests. And hey, if there's any conversation you want to have, something you want to talk about, you just let me know and we'll bring it on to a future podcast. Bless y'all.